So I think if De- if Denver's looking for at least a first for Judy, as we've seen the reports, John, I think they're just it, they're not being realistic. I don't think they're going to get a first round pick for Judy. Um, I just don't think he's that player. Uh, now some receivers do go for first round picks. I mean, it's happened. And but, and especially now with Alan Lazard, sorry to cut you off, no, no, but go. there's not it's not a good free agent market, and supposedly it's not a great draft for wide receivers. So I think that could help a little bit. It was an aggressive start to the new league year for the Denver Broncos in free agency. Some questions answered, some definitely still remain, like what is going on at the wide receiver position? Who's going to be in? Who's going to be out via trade, potentially? We have thoughts on that and so much more coming up next. But first and foremost, welcome to the show. It's Ryan O'Leary here along with John Heath. It's the Broncos Wire podcast. Powered by the USA Today Network. Just a ton to get to as we speak on the night of the first official day of the new league year. So there might be some stuff that happens, John, uh, as we as we speak. And uh, we'll just have to get to that next time, I guess. This is the world we live in with the NFL. But we were talking on Wednesday night. And how have you been enjoying the uh, free agent frenzy so far, my friend? I like what the Broncos have done. But personally, I am exhausted because <laughs> they keep they keep doing stuff at night. And I'm just hoping, like you said, I hope they don't do stuff tonight as we record this. But yeah, I, I think they've filled up a lot of holes on the roster that I'm very happy about being addressed. And we'll, we'll get into the specifics. But so, I think fans can argue like you'd rather have this particular guy than that particular guy. You'd rather pay, you know, a couple million less than the Broncos did. But just the positions that they filled and the quality of guys that they filled that they got. I like it. I like what they've done. And I think they're a lot better uh, right now. The roster to me has a lot fewer holes than it did on Sunday. Yeah, they've attacked needs, right? They've attacked and they've attacked free agency, John, and I don't think any Broncos fan would have a problem with this at all. If you do, it's like, what's wrong with you? Like, no, this is this is what you want as a fan. They're attacking free agency and they're doing it like they have no draft picks inside the top 65, right, as we speak. And they're they're attacking free agency like they have the wealthiest owners in NFL history, John, pulling the strings and owners that want it turned around right now, right? I mean, it makes sense. Like, you, when you go into your draft, you don't want to be boxed into having to pick a, a player based yeah. on need, right? You're like you don't want to have to pick this defensive lineman at number 67 overall um, if you don't need to, right? You'd, you want to pick the, the best player on your board at that point. So just to see the Broncos, just like you said, it, it seems like they've been hammering every position you put on Broncos wire in terms of the, their biggest needs going into free agency, right? Like in the tampering window alone, they got a starting right tackle, a starting left guard, and a starting defensive tackle to replace Draymond Jones, which we'll get to here coming up shortly. They've also addressed addressed backup tight end. Um, they added tight end depth. They added a running back depth, which they added a, a nice running back from Cincinnati, which we'll get to as well. The clear objective being, John, like, again, let's knock out some glaring team needs now in free agency so we're not boxed in on day two of the draft, right? Yeah, and I think going into free agency, we said and and thought and hoped like offensive line needs to be addressed. And with only five draft picks and no first round pick and no second round pick, you can't fix the offensive line in the draft. You just can't. So they had to do that in free agency. And I think they did. Like you said, they got Ben Powers, a left guard, and they got Mike McGlinchey, a right tackle. And some people 
they don't love that they gave McGlinchey five years, $87.5 million. Maybe that's a little steep compared to what some other right tackles got. But the right tackle has been such a revolving door for them for the last so many years. They really needed a long-term guy. And McGlinchey, he has had a handful of injuries, but he's not been super injury prone. And he's a former first-round pick. He's a quality guy. I mean, he has some ups and downs, but I think his like his downs are not awful. Like it's, oh, he could have done better. They're not, oh, what an absolutely terrible player. And and his good plays are just really good. So I, I feel like he has a, a high floor. The, the Broncos right tackle floor for the next five years now just got so much better. And Ben Powers, like I feel like Powers is such an appropriate name for him. They just beefed up the interior of the offensive line and putting Ben Powers at one guard spot and Quinn Miners at the other guard spot. I love that. And then you got Garrett Bowles at left tackle. You got McGlinchey at right tackle. And right now they don't have a center. I mean, they do have a center. They have uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, but I kind of doubt he's going to be the day one starter. And I kind of hope he's not the day one starter. Like center, maybe they could draft one with a third round pick. And actually in free agency, centers have not been getting paid a ton. So maybe there's even going to be a budget center signing here coming up in the second wave of free agency or something. But like four of the five offensive line spots, I think are set. And the two really big needs, left guard, they let Dalton Reisner walk, and I think Ben Powers is an upgrade. That's obviously debatable, but I personally think he is. And then they got a solid right tackle who, again, not every Broncos fan is absolutely thrilled about, but there's no denying he's way better than what the Broncos have had. So just beefing up the line, I love that. And in in addition to beefing up the line, like you said, they got a blocking tight end, they got a fullback, and they got another running back. To me, those early moves and free agencies tell me they want to pound the rock. Sean Payton is going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And then when you do that, assuming they're going to be able to do it well, it really opens up play action for Russell Wilson. And you can get Russell Wilson moving. You can get him out of the pocket. And I think that's when he's at his best. I mean, just last season, I think we saw it. That was when he was at. He was not a pocket passer in Nathaniel Hackett's offense. He did not thrive doing that. So I think Sean Payton is – honestly, it, there was like the jokes about let Russ cook when he was in Seattle because the Seahawks would pound the rock and he kind of wanted to open it up more and throw it more, it seemed like. But he had his most success with the Seahawks when they were a running team, running the ball and playing good defense, and Russell Wilson was a compliment. And he is he, – he was a good quarterback, but he was just part of the show. And I think that's the kind of thing that Sean Payton's building in Denver, and I think that's exactly what they need. They let Russ cook. Seattle did right at the goal line of a, of a key Super Bowl. As a Patriots <laughs> fan, John, I'm still – I mean, I'm still very thankful. One of the best sports nights of my life. Thank you for letting Russ cook on that goal line play. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, John. I'm with you on this one. Uh, it seems like step one in Denver's plan to – to win with Russell Wilson or get Russell Wilson his groove back or whatever you want to whatever you want to say it's to beef up in the run game right uh, the, I don't know too much about these offensive linemen I just don't I don't crunch the PFF numbers on offensive line you know the grades uh, like you guys do for the wire sites I know you guys are all over this stuff so you probably knew these players more than I did but I do know that powers came from Baltimore which wants to just run you over over there Baltimore does a great job with their run game, with their quarterback, with their backs. They just plow right ahead and just take you out with the run game. And McGlinchey, same type of deal, San Francisco, right? So these are two 
These are two guys that have been staples in run heavy, run first, like dominant run type of offenses. As I spit that out, right? So, and that would make sense. It would make sense that Sean Sean Payton's plan is not only to address and fix the offensive line or build a wall in front of Russell Wilson, like we've said on the pod in the past, John, but to literally take some pressure off of him by being one of these teams that pound away at you in the run game. I think it makes a ton of sense. I think it makes a ton of sense. I think that's a great way to do it. Um, get that get that piece going first. Get Javante Williams back healthy. Get the offensive line right. Start doing something well on offense again that you can hang your hat on and then let Russell Wilson and this offense kind of build from there. I think it makes a ton of sense. And I like it. I think, I mean, Denver was in the bottom 12 uh, for teams in in terms of like rush yards per game last year. So the guess for me right now is that Sean Payton and company, they're hell bent on seeing that number flip, John, to like top 12 or top 10, something like that. Yeah. They want to be one of the best rushing teams in the league. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And like you said, when Javante Williams is 100% healthy, like I love these blockers they got in front of him. Like Javante Williams is going to be awesome. I We've kind of talked about it a little bit before on the last podcast. I'm a little worried that Javante may not be ready week one. And with an ACL and an LCL, like that might bother him for kind of all of next season. But assuming at some point he's fully healthy and fully back, I'm going to love watching him uh, play in this offense. The Broncos going heavy for offensive line, spending money uh, for the offensive linemen. I would say to Broncos fans who are, who are annoyed or not happy with the McGlinchey thing, for five years just don't don't worry about it don't worry about the years of the money as fans just be happy that they're attacking needs and they're going for it and they'll figure out the money and the don't worry about the salary cap uh that's that's don't waste your time doing that john you have to for the broncos wire but fans shouldn't do that to themselves uh i'm we're not surprised right we're not surprised that the broncos attacked offensive line we knew that was coming we knew sean payton's focus would be on just that uh, but there were some surprises. There were, there were some things that we can really get into here. I think Draymond Jones, uh, the Broncos letting him go, but signing Zach Allen from Arizona uh, to really these two players got basically the same contract, a little bit different, right? Uh, but Draymond Jones got a little bit more heading to Seattle, and, and but not in terms of guaranteed money. Zach Allen actually got more guaranteed money from the Broncos. So give me your take on... Draymond Jones versus Zach Allen and the Broncos going with Allen over Jones. Yeah, honestly, I'm kind of wondering if Draymond Jones wanted out and or like when his agent was negotiating with the Broncos, they wanted a very high number maybe. And the Broncos were like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We'll let him test free agency. And if nobody else wants to do that, he can come back to us. But I feel like when a, when a, a team does that to a player, when they leave – even if teams aren't giving them what they asked from their initial team, like just totally hypothetical, say Draymond Jones and his agent went to the Broncos and were like, we want 20 million. And the Broncos are like, we really like you Draymond, but we can't give you 20. We'll give you like 17. And he's like, no, that's not good enough. We're going to test for agency. And then they get into free agency and teams are like, uh, we'll give you 17. And he figures out, okay, well, that's what my market is. I'm not going to get more than that. But, you know, I kind of told the Broncos I wanted 20. They didn't give it to me. I'm not going back there. I'll take 17 from Seattle instead. It, totally hypothetical. I don't know if that's how it went down. But I, I just wonder because, like, we talked about it. They didn't franchise tag him. 
they didn't get an opportunity to like tag and trade him or something. And now because they've made so many big signings in free agency, they're not even going to get a comp pick for him next year. So it, it is a little curious that they let him go. And then, like you said, they end up signing Zach Allen. Allen got like two and a half million guaranteed uh, more than Draymond Jones did. But Draymond Jones is going to earn on average like two million more a season. And uh, at face value, it doesn't seem like a big difference. Like you would think if they wanted to, they could make that work, but maybe not because it all it all adds up. We see how much they manipulate the salary cap. Maybe they really needed that $2 million. I don't know. I, I think it might come down to uh, Zach Allen. He, he spent his entire career, his four years in the NFL. Vance Joseph has been his defensive coordinator. And uh, honestly, his numbers have been pretty similar to Draymond Jones. And last year, some of his numbers were even better. Like he had 20 quarterback hits last season. Uh, Draymond Jones had half that many. He had 10 in the same amount of games. Zach Allen had five and a half sacks. Draymond Jones had six and a half sacks. And arguably, I, I think it's fair to say Zach Allen is better against the run. So I think you can make an argument that they're similar. And like you said, Zach Allen is younger. So he's got that going for him. Maybe he's got just slightly more upside. But I I bet the biggest thing is Vance Joseph is familiar with him. He knows him. He likes him. And Zach Allen knows the Vance Joseph defense. And like I said, $2 million doesn't seem like a lot, but it all adds up. He's a little bit cheaper. He's a little bit younger. He's a Vance Joseph guy. So – I kind of understand it, and it it's a little surprising, but you know I'm glad that with Draymond Jones gone, they did get someone that seems to be a similar caliber player, and he has upside. It's not like they let Draymond Jones walk and then had a huge hole on the defensive line that they didn't fill. Well, I definitely think you're onto something, John, with your when you were kind of going through your hypothetical there. Like let's let's say the number was 17 million. Uh, that Denver threw at Draymond Jones. So this is how they come up with three years, 51.53. It's like, where did they come up with these numbers? And it's literally him being like, guys, it's got to be more than 17 a year. And Seattle's like, all right, we'll throw some decimal points on there for you so it's more than 17. So you can beat that. So we can beat that Denver uh, thing. You know, I'm just I'm just joking there. But um, yeah, I, it's got to be a Vance Joseph thing. That connection, it has to, right? It has to. Uh, basically the same age. I think they're like a year apart. Uh, Zach Allen's 25. So they're a year apart. As you said, John, very similar production. They both got very similar three-year contracts. The outlier is that Allen is a Joseph guy. Uh, And we talked last week about how Sean Payton lets his defensive coordinator run the defense, right? So this could just be a collaborative thing where the Paytons, the Paytons, that's Sean and his his cousin, George, (laughs) uh, the Paytons, they let Vance weigh in maybe on the Draymond Jones thing, assuming, like you said, assuming he would command in the neighborhood of 20 plus million a season, which is where I kind of thought he was, he was going to be in that area. Uh, and I, I, I could see Vance Joseph saying, guys, let's get my guy from Arizona. He's just as good, a little younger and he's going to be cheaper. Right. I, I could yeah. definitely see that being a thing. So yeah, I, I definitely think it was a factor. Yeah. Because otherwise after the fact, when we see the numbers, they're so similar that that's an easy one, right? It, it'd be, It'd be really easy for the Broncos to bring back Draymond Jones at 17 million a year. That's a very reasonable yeah. number. Um, that's that would actually, I think, be a good number uh, for for fans. So if fans are a little annoyed and scratching their heads about this, I don't blame them, John. Because when you see the numbers, it's like 
that feels like an easy one. We should have Draymond Jones back, but yeah. it didn't happen. I, I can understand people that didn't want to lose him because he is a good player. And one thing that it it I'm not like super super concerned about, it, but one thing I'm like, ah, Zach Allen played across from JJ Watt last season, and last I think JJ Watt was healthy for all of last season. It didn't happen too many times the last few years, but I think Watt was healthy the whole year, and like. DJ Jones, he's very good for the Broncos. He's very solid, but he's not J.J. Watt. Like, J.J. Watt was Defensive Player of the Year multiple times over. So, Zach Allen doesn't have J.J. Watt with him in Denver. So, that's one thing where it's like maybe his production will dip a little bit, and and if Draymond Jones maintains his production, maybe his will end up being a little bit more in Zach Allen. But, like I said, $2 million a year that in cap space, that does add up, and, you know, it sounds kind of crazy, but it honestly could be part of the factor as well. As far, in addition to like Vance Joseph's familiarity, like they do pinch the pennies and take every little cap space into consideration. So he Zach Allen, he's a little bit cheaper, a year younger, like you said. He Vance Joseph knows him and likes him. So I I'm not worked up about it. Like you said, I, I understand that some fans didn't want to lose Jones and think, well, why don't we just bring him back? But I, I think they're getting a similar caliber of player. So it doesn't bother me. Nope. You're gonna bring Vance Joseph in as your defensive coordinator if he wants this guy and and he's a system fit, and you bring him in. I think it makes sense. Uh, so we'll we'll hope it works out, right, John? So that's one big one, right? Uh, Draymond Jones versus Zach Allen. We also have uh, our backup quarterback situation: Jarrett Stidham versus Brett Rippin. Brett Rippin out. Jarrett Stidham in. Props to you uh, and the crew at Broncos Wire, John. Another one you guys nailed in your offseason needs. You had backup quarterback on that list, and it wasn't like at the bottom. It, it was right there. You you said backup quarterback is a need the team should address, and they did right away. Like. In the tampering window, they go and get Jared Stidham. So your leadoff, you know, gut reaction to Stidham coming to the Broncos as the new backup. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised that they brought in a different backup. I, I, I wasn't necessarily expecting Stidham. I'm not like disappointed by it, but I wasn't, I wasn't really thinking about him. Um, but yeah, Rippin, they could have brought him back on his restricted free agent tender, which would have been like 2.63 million, which for what Rippin is, I think they thought that was a lot. So they declined that. And then once they declined it, in theory, they could bring him back for less than that. But I think they just, they prefer Jared Stidham, like Brett Rippin. He he did some nice things in Denver. He actually went two and one as a starter, which is kind of funny because he had four touchdowns and eight interceptions. But despite those numbers, he had a winning record. I I just feel like Sean Payton, he's a former quarterbacks coach. He knows what he wants in his quarterback. He probably looked at the film with Brett Rippon and just didn't like his ceiling. And he looks at the pedigree of Jarrett Stidham. He looks at the film of Jarrett Stidham. And he thinks he gives them a higher floor for their backup quarterback. And so he signs him. It's like a two year, 10 million year. So like an average of 5 million a season, which for a backup quarterback is not the end of the world. I know some people are like the Broncos paid 10 million for Jared Stidham. Like, yeah, like, have you looked at quarterback salaries? That's lately? a fine like, salary. Even for yeah. a backup, like quarterback pay is outrageous. Like that, that's not the end of the world at all for me and Rippin, he's a former undrafted guy Stidham he's a former fourth round pick and you can't be blinded by that but I do think that Stidham kind of has like his pedigree and his resume it just seems like a little more impressive and I think the Broncos believe he just gives them a higher floor than Rippin does 
Yeah, no, I, I liked what you put on Broncos Wire. You said that uh, you, you maybe see more upside with Stidham, and I and I get that. That's fine. Uh, yeah, no, just to fans who are worried about that much about the cap that you're you're spending five million on the quarterback instead of uh, two point six three, which whatever that tender was going to be for Ripon that they declined. It's like uh, just if you're in your basement crunching the salary cap numbers, worrying about that thing, just please, just please stop, please stop. You could do some, you could do so much better with your time and your energy. Uh, it's just don't waste your time on the salary cap. It, it's it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. That that contract's Ryan, you fine. Have no idea how many people are so nerdy about that. <laughs> There's so people are so worried about the cap. They get so this time of year too, and it just it, it drives me crazy, John, because there's no such thing as cap jail. And there's a million there's a million examples of it now. We don't have to go over it. We don't have to waste our time talking about it too much here. But it's just like, please, don't go in your basement. Turn on your computer. Crunch those numbers. Do the math and like worry about the salary cap and the team being in jail. Right. They're not. I'm just telling you, the kind of people that do that, they are not going to take heed of your, your message. Because it's the personality, the people that want to crunch the numbers and want to know exactly what's there, what they're working with, what they have left. If, if somebody enjoys doing that, they're not going to stop it. I get what you're saying. We don't need to stress about it, but people won't stop doing it. I know, I know. But it's like when teams spent, like last year, when teams like the Bills and the Rams spent almost 270 million in real cash when the salary cap is like 208 like guys it's just not it's not a real thing it's like a it's a number that's manipulated a million different ways and again you can do better things with your time unless you're paid to be a cap guy a capologist i know that's a thing now right john yeah uh, time. so okay so that's that rant that's that's for another day two years 10 million for stidham that's fine it, it's fine for a backup quarterback no problem at all i didn't even think twice about that john the number it's fine um for me it's just like i don't know how much of an upgrade stidham is over rip maybe he maybe he does give you more upside there it's just like i still think this was a need backup quarterback definitely a need but like, let's all take off the Broncos goggles and not get too carried away about, oh, we've we got this great young quarterback behind Russell Wilson. And if anything happens to Russell Wilson, we're fine because we have Jared Stidham now. It's like, no, like, no, let's not over exaggerate this kid. Right. And this is another thank God I'm a Patriots fan, John. Right. Thank God I can bring this this perspective because Jared Stidham was drafted uh, by the Patriots as a backup to Brady. I think in 2019, I think he was drafted something in that area. And he's been on. He was on the team as a backup, and then Brady moved on, and they brought in Cam Newton. And it was literally a, a there was a quarterback competition. There were times where Cam Newton's play had fallen off, and Jared Stidham was in a real competition. And he never. I don't think he he got a start. The Patriots just completely uh, put him in the doghouse, and then traded him to the Raiders for like a seventh round pick or something. They just got rid of him. So uh, he was a castaway. He had a decent run with the Raiders last year with McDan Josh McDaniels. Yeah. So he yeah. did look good, and there was a start against the 49ers, I think, John, where he looked pretty good. Stidham did. Yeah. So maybe he is like, maybe he had to get out of Belichick's doghouse, and maybe he'll be great now. I don't know. It's just my only take on this is like, Stidham isn't a clear upgrade over Rippon or anything yet. Like, we have to see it first. Like, I'm not, I'm not sold on Stidham, and I don't know if Jared Stidham's like a day one of the tampering window guy you have to make sure you go get. You know what I mean, John? I just don't know. That one felt like a little bit of a reach. But I'm I'm fine with the contract and I'm fine with the move and it's 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 fine. But if Russell Wilson misses an extended period of time, I think the Broncos are screwed. You know what I mean? Like that it's it's yeah. not like Sidham's gonna save the day. 
saying if Russell Wilson is down, the Broncos are screwed. I think that's different than saying Jared Stidham is not a clear upgrade to Brett Rippon. I mean, it's just a matter of opinion. But that game that you mentioned Stidham had against the 49ers, like I don't think Rippon would have a game like that, especially against that 49ers defense that was really good last season. So, like I said, I think Stidham, he just has a higher ceiling and a higher floor in my mind. And maybe I am blinded by his resume because – like I said, former fourth-round pick Rippon is the guy that they got as an undrafted free agent. And also I think sometimes the guy that is new and shiny and you haven't seen him as much, you just automatically assume he's going to be better than the old Rippon that's been here for like three years and we've seen plenty of him and he, and he was just fine. And in the end of the day, Stidham also is probably going to be just fine. But because he's new and because he has a little bit more of a pedigree, I think the assumption is that he's an upgrade. And – I personally believe he's an upgrade, but I get what you're saying. We don't need to get, you know, super hyped up about it, be bouncing off the walls. It is what it is. I think he's an upgrade, but I I can see your point that who is behind Wilson is not the end of the world because he's their starting quarterback and he needs to improve this season for them to go somewhere. If he doesn't, they're going to be in trouble again. And if he goes down, they're probably going to be in trouble too. So I, I, I see what you're saying, but I do think he is an upgrade. Let me clarify, John. I think he's an upgrade. I think that's fair. But I've seen too much of like, he's a clear upgrade. Whoa, you know, like like people just going a little bit too far with it, just getting a little overexcited about Stidham. And I don't I don't don't think it's like a major upgrade. If you want to say he's got more upside than Brett Rippin, I think that's fair. I agree with what you wrote on, on Broncos Wire when you said he gives you more upside. I agree with that. Uh, just like, let's not go overboard that like, <laughs> you know, Stidham is like, the next thing, the next Denver quarterback that we're grooming behind Wilson. It's just not, I don't know. I maybe, but he hasn't shown that yet. He hasn't shown you that. You are raining on everybody's parades today, Ryan. Yeah. Fun. Uh, you know, the, the Patriots are really driving me crazy in free agency, John, <laughs> as usual. It's just like everything is like pinching pennies over there. It's just unbelievable. Unlike the Broncos, which I appreciate go Denver, go spend the money. My goodness. I, I want the Penners as well. Money I, on Javante Williams insurance in case he's not ready early in the season with his knee. Yeah, that's a great segue. That's a great segue. Yeah, get me back on track. I appreciate that, John. <laughs> uh, Samaji Pirine. I uh, hope I said his name right. He's been the uh, the backup running back for Joe Mixon with Cincinnati the last few years. He seems like a good little player. I've seen plenty of Cincinnati Bengals football, John, because they're always in the playoffs now. Uh, and and P Ryan's gotten some ru- uh, run right. He definitely uh, catches the football, and he was in that role with the Bengals. But uh, he seems like a nice complimentary back to Javante Williams. Running back was definitely a need. They had to go get someone. Uh, you were you were talking about how you hoped they would go and do that in the draft, John. But what do you think about getting P Ryan? I mean, it's two years, seven and a half million. So it's not like they spent a lot of yeah. money on this position, right? What yeah. do you think about it? Yeah, the money's not the end of the world. I didn't want them to, like, it It turned out because of the franchise tags, like Saquon Barkley wants an available, um, uh, Tony Pollard wants an available, those kind of guys. I didn't want them to give a big-name running back like that a big contract, and or like even a Josh Jacobs. But it turned out with them being franchise tags, they weren't even available. So P-Run, like you said, two years, $7.5 that's not the end of the world. I don't mind paying that much for that kind of a running back, especially because I think they can still draft someone in the third round and have them on a four-year rookie contract, have them be younger, fresher. So 
I, I still would like to draft a running back, get depth. And like you're saying, P. Ryan, he's a very capable backup running back because he was with the Bengals for a couple years, and then he he bounced around a couple places, and then he came back to the Bengals. And it seemed like every time that Joe Mixon was hurt, which happened numerous times, it seemed like there was no drop off. And sometimes P. Ryan even had better protect or production. And like you said, he's a good receiver out of the backfield, and I think that's extremely notable in a Sean Payton offense. He really likes to throw to his running back. So he could, like, for fantasy football, like, put him in the back of your mind as, like, a potential PPR sleeper. And not only is he good as a receiver, he's a very good pass blocker. Like, I I retweeted uh, somebody put up a clip of him blocking, one-on-one blocking against – the uh, Micah Parsons one and just totally <laughs> stood him still. And like, that's just one play, but it's just an example of the kind of pass blocking that he can do. And, and again, like, it's like you want to build around Russell Wilson. You want to put Russell Wilson in position to succeed, give him a great blocking running back. That really helps. And Sean Payton's offense, you got to have a receiving running back. He fills both those. And like I said, when Joe Mixon was hurt, he can be your every down starting running back. So early in the year, if Javante Williams then isn't able to get back, he can be the fill-in guy. So he he checks tons of boxes. The contract's not crazy. So I really like it overall. And I, in case Williams is not ready week one, or like if he starts on like the physically unable to perform list and has to sit out the first four games, you want to have more than just P ride. So I think like after the draft, they might still bring back Latavius Murray, just have another veteran running back. And then again, like I said, I hope and want that they are also going to draft a running back. I, I think they're still going to add at that position, but adding P Ron, P Ryan early in free agency. I think it, the depth in the backfield is just so much better now. And I feel better about like, I hope Williams is healthy, but if he's not, I think P Ryan is very capable. And then like you said, when Williams is, when he comes back, P Ryan is an excellent compliment piece. So I, I'm just, I'm very much talking this up. I think you can tell, I think it's a very good addition for them. We said earlier, John, we were a little worried to record tonight just because things could happen as we're talking. And I, I'm just I'm pulling up uh, Adam Schefter right now. So things that have happened as we've been talking, some running backs have actually signed. Miles Sanders is off to Carolina, four-year deal. Jamal Sanders, or sorry, Jamal Sanders. Jamal Williams is uh, heading to the Saints. Ooh, that's an interesting little little move for the Saints. Jamal Williams. Camara insurance. Yeah, for sure. So he had, he had a huge year for the Lions last year. Uh, yeah. So some backs off the board, but no... No news on the Broncos trading of wide receiver as we're recording. So that's good news, John. <laughs> so yeah, we have that because this is, this is, you know, this is what we're talking about, right? I mean, everywhere you look, there's people reporting that the Broncos are taking calls or have gotten calls, I should say, on Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. One of these guys we, we believe are, are going to get moved. It at least feels that way. Cortland Sutton doesn't sound happy. He's making that public. Jerry Judy, it seems like he's been on the trade uh, the trade block, John, since the deadline last year during the season. Uh, he didn't get moved. Denver was trying to sign Alan Lazard. Yeah, so there's a report there that they were in on Alan Lazard before he went to the Jets as they tried to get Aaron Rodgers. We could talk about that here in a minute. Uh, just what's going on at the wide receiver position for the Broncos? Like, what's your take yeah. on this? 
I think that Lazard thing is a huge tell because you do not sign Alan Lazard if you're going to have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick. Like exactly it, it, for one thing, the money doesn't work. For another thing, that's way too many receivers be spraying the ball. So that makes me think they are under the assumption that at least one of those guys is on their way out in a trade. And you mentioned. It seems like Corland Sutton isn't happy. He tweeted the other day, I just want to be where I'm wanted and appreciated. And sometimes we read it. I, I know like even Jerry Judy has gotten mad about this. He'll tweet about something like that's going on in his life and everybody jumps on it and thinks he's talking about the Broncos and he's like, yes. you know, football players are people too. So we need to be careful reading into tweets, but I think it's safe to assume that Sutton was talking about not being wanted and appreciated in Denver because the Broncos are listening to trade offers for him. And the Broncos, when they, you know, let it leak through reporters that they're getting calls, they're very careful to say, you know, they're not actively shopping them. They have a very high asking price. If someone blows them away, they'll trade them, but they're not trying to deal them. I don't really believe that. I think they are. I think they want to trade one of them, but they are being firm in their price. Because like you said, last year at the trade deadline, I know there was multiple teams that made offers for Jerry Judy. And I think I recall a report that the Cowboys offered a third round pick. And I'm glad the Broncos did not accept that. Cause I even like, I don't think it's biased to say Jerry Judy is worth more than a third round pick, but we can get into that more. I, I actually want to ask you about that, but I, like you said, between Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, it seems likely that one of them, or maybe even both of them, will be traded. And the fact that the Broncos are trying to sign a receiver like Alan Lazard, that makes me think the the Broncos are basically under the assumption that at least one one receiver spot is going to be opened up this uh, this off season. And I wanted to ask you, Ryan, like from someone. Because like Broncos fans, we can be biased and think like somebody's worth way more than they are. But like from a Patriots perspective, before the Patriots signed Juju Smith-Schuster, if like Adam Schefter tweeted, you know, the Patriots agreed to trade for Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy and uh, like it was a first round pick. If you saw that, were you like, okay, I'm happy with that? Or would you say, oh, they overpaid because it was a first round pick? Like as someone... Uh, not from a Broncos perspective, what do you think Jerry Judy's trade value is? I think a first is too much. I think a first is definitely too much. Um, so I think if De- if Denver's looking for at least a first for Judy, as we've seen the reports, John, I think they're just it, they're not being realistic. I don't think they're going to get a first round pick for Judy. Um, I just don't think he's that player. Uh, now some receivers do go for first round picks. I mean, it's happened. And but, and especially now with Alan Lazard, sorry to cut you off, no, no, but go. there's not it's not a good free agent market, and supposedly it's not a great draft for wide receivers. So I think that could help a little bit. But sorry, carry on. No, I was just gonna say, you know, we've seen receivers get traded for first round picks. It's not like it hasn't happened, but I don't think Judy's put together that resume yet. Now, there's a lot of reasons to like him. I know he's a you know a, a route running machine and and he's got all the potential in the world and he's flashed it here and there and he actually played pretty good at the end of last season. Um, I, I take all that, but a first round pick for Judy. I first of all, the Patriots wouldn't do that, <laughs> knowing the Patriots, John. I mean, my God, <laughs> I'm sure Belichick called them up and offered them a fifth or something. I mean, okay, I'm not. I'm sorry, bad hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, me. yeah. The Patriots aren't that team. Uh, they wouldn't do it anyway. But yeah, I think a first is too much. I think I think a second round pick is is where it is. I, I, 
for me, it's like the Broncos. I think they want to get into the top 50 and they're probably hoping to trade one of these guys to get in to get uh if they can't get a pick on day one, they want one earlier on day two, right? They they want yeah. to get into at least a second round. So I yeah. think I think they would take a second for Judy if they got. I, I, I'm I'm skeptical if they've even gotten that offer. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's like why do they want to move on from Cortland Sutton too? Is it just because yeah. they want to get rid of they want to get rid of the guy that Russell Wilson I, refuses to look at anybody else, so they got to get rid of Cortland Sutton? So like, what's the deal here? I don't I don't totally get it. I think it might partly be again going back to the want to pound the rock. Sutton is maybe not the best pass blocker and Jerry Judy definitely is not the pass blocker. Alan Lazard is more known for his pass blocking and you notice there's been no talk about Tim Patrick. He's a fantastic or I'm sorry, I say pass blocking, just a blocking wide receiver. It, like Lazard's a pretty good blocking receiver. Tim Patrick's a very good blocking receiver. They also couldn't trade Patrick even if they wanted to because he's coming off an injury. But even besides that, I think they like Tim Patrick, and I think he would be safe even if he was healthy. So why Sutton and Judy are on the trade block, I don't know. Judy, it might be in part because, like you said, he hasn't quite lived up to what we wanted him to be and thought he would be with the Broncos. He, he did come on strong at the end of last season, but it's, he has trade value. He has potential. Like you said, he has a great uh, he has great route running. So maybe the Broncos are like, we don't have a first round pick. We don't have a second round pick. Jerry Judy could get us that. And then we can find another receiver. And then we don't have to trade Jerry Judy because by the way, his contract is coming up and Cortland Sutton too. They already paid him like not even that long ago. And with being up against the salary cap and counting their pennies, because fans shouldn't be doing that, but the teams do do it. You know, maybe that's part of it. And I like, Corton Sutton is a team captain, so I imagine he's not like a bad attitude in the locker room or something. But just based on that tweet, I I get the impression he's not very happy with the situation. But that could just be because he knows the Broncos are shopping him and he just doesn't like that. And that's totally understandable. It's just a matter of why are the Broncos doing that. I, I really don't know what it comes down to, but it does seem like we're trending in the direction of one or both of them being sent to another team. And uh, back to the conversation, like I would take a second for Cortland Sutton. I don't know if they would get that. I I think I would take a third. I don't know if the Broncos would with Judy. I see that's why I wanted to ask you because from my perspective, I'm like Jerry Judy's worth a first round pick. But from your perspective, like a, a, another team that could in, hypothetically acquire him, you don't want to give up first round. So maybe like. I'm delusional and maybe that maybe the Broncos too are delusional if they really think they can get a first for him and maybe other teams won't do that. And it will be so interesting to see if nobody matches what the Broncos are demanding. Maybe Sutton and Judy will both be back this season. That might be a little weird for Sutton, but I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to follow. I I just think because like I said there's not a ton of really good receivers in free agency. And I'm not a draft guru, but people who are draft gurus say that this is not a great wide receiver class. So if if another team is wanting like a wide receiver one kind of a guy and, you know, Jerry Judy, they're weighing Jerry Judy against like one of these free agents that is not that impressive. Maybe they would be willing to get up a first round pick. I don't know. I I guess I, I don't know. I, I'm so torn if I would take a second round pick if somebody did that for Judy. Like if, if they were going to trade one of them and I had to pick, I would definitely want to give up Cortland Sutton. For one, Judy's younger and I think he has a much higher ceiling. 
and and they can pick up his fifth year option that would give them another year of him on a very team friendly contract so if they end up only trading one I hope it would be Sutton but if they only trade one I think Judy's more likely because I think he has more value and more teams would be interested in him so a a very long-winded way of saying I don't know what's going to happen yeah but we do know they are talking to teams about them yeah I mean I've been thinking about it as you're talking, John. I think the last receiver to go for a first round pick, um, you know, that's not in a situation like DJ Moore was this year, where he's just packaged in this huge, crazy deal, uh, where Carolina moved up to get the number one overall from the Chicago. I think it was Brandon Cook. Was it a Brandon Cooks? Brandon Cooks went from the Saints to the Patriots for a first round pick. Um, it was 32 overall, I believe. And that was back in, I want to say, 2017. And then the, I think the Patriots traded Brandon Cooks a couple years later to uh, the Rams for a first round pick. So Cooks got traded twice for a first round pick. And I can't remember one receiver since then. Oh, um, I, I, I'm blanking on specifics, but I'm pretty sure it's happened. Okay. It, I, like, I think it happened even last season. I may be wrong. I'd have to look it up, but, but I'm pretty sure it's happened. I, I do know this. Maybe the Broncos think that the market, the trade market for receivers was set at the deadline last year when Chase Claypool, who I think Judy's a better receiver than Chase Claypool. I don't think that's even yeah. close. Claypool goes uh, to Chicago for a second round pick that ends up being uh, like the first pick on day two, right? It's like the first yeah. pick of the second round for Chase Claypool. So if yeah. you want to tell me that Judy's worth a, a first round pick because of what Claypool got now, now we're talking market. And if the Broncos want to hold that out there for Judy, then that makes that makes sense for me. It's like Alan Lazard. Like, is he an upgrade over Sutton? Like, I don't think so. Like, I, I don't no, know. I don't think he necessarily is. Yeah. So it's just it's just weird. Why why are we trying to trade Cortland Sutton and or and or Jerry Judy? Why are we trying to bring in Alan Lazard? Um, I'm interested. I'm interested in what happens with this wide receiver group. It, maybe it's just Sean Payton wanting to move the, you know, get some new pieces in here. For, uh, for the chessboard. Yeah. I don't know, John, uh, but wide receiver continues to be a story. It's one we'll be covering here in the coming weeks. And, and I'm looking forward to see how that, that breaks. And let me check the uh, Twitter for Adam Schefter one more time. Okay. It doesn't look like anything's happened. Good. Uh, yeah. What do you think about, <laughs> what do you think about speaking of Lazard who is now, he has, he has been officially signed by the jets now, John, is that, that's correct, right? I don't know if it was official, but okay. I think they agreed Reportedly. to terms okay. at the very least. Reportedly, he is playing for the Jets because uh, the, the the Jets are doing whatever they can to get Aaron Rodgers there, but Rodgers is doing whatever he's doing. <laughs> like, he's out in California doing weird, you know, doing whatever he does, like darkness retreats, whatever he's doing, keeping the Jets and Packers in limbo. It's kind of hilarious. It's hilarious because it's the Jets. And again, as a Patriots fan, uh, I just... It's just hilarious to see bad things happen to the Jets, and and I'll I'll sit here. I'm here for it. So actually, I think Aaron Rodgers is the perfect player to go to the Jets, even though I think he'll make them better. And their defense is scary, John. Like Aaron Rodgers, kind of a nut job, and the Jets, like perfect marriage. Uh, but what do you think? Like Nathaniel Hackett, that whole thing. We're coming from the Hackett days where we had to like do the Aaron Rodgers stuff in the offseason. Like, what do you think about what's yeah. playing out with the Jets now? There was a time when I was convinced the Broncos were going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Like, I thought it was definitely happen. And I, I even wrote a post on Broncos Wire. A Broncos fan even made a customized Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and I think it, that was like two years ago that that happened. And so, it was plan A, right? It was plan A. Russell Wilson was definitely plan B. But go on. 
it it seemed like it. It definitely seemed like it. And there was so much speculation that the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett as Rogers bait and it didn't work out. And then Hackett sure didn't work out. The Broncos fired him and the Jets hired him as their offensive coordinator. And then today we're recording this on Wednesday night. Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and he said that he wants to play for the Jets. And it's just a matter of the Jets and the Packers figuring it out compensation. And like, the, supposedly, according to reports, Rodgers gave the Jets like a list of wish list free agents I for love them it. to sign. I love it. And the Jets have been working on it. And like Alan Lazard was one of those guys. So it, it seems like Rodgers to the Jets, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when the trade is finalized. And uh, Rodgers also said on the McAfee show that Hackett is a big reason why he wants to play for the Jets. So from a Broncos perspective, it looks exactly like what the Broncos tried and failed to do last offseason. The Jets are trying, and it seems like they're going to be successful doing the exact same plan. And it's kind of funny, kind of sad, but I'm not like – mad about it because Aaron Rodgers is about to turn 40 years old this season. Like it's possible this might be his final season. If it's not his final season, like you would every year going forward, we're going to think this could be Rodgers final season. And Russell Wilson, he was terrible last year. Yes. But if he turns things around under Sean Payton, it's not outlandish to think he could play three, four, five years in the NFL. If he comes competent like I kind of doubt that would happen because unless he's really good I think Sean Payton will want to draft someone or something and and just kind of start fresh but it's possible that Russell Wilson could turn thing around and play for a while yet whereas Rodgers like any year now he could be retiring and like for the last few off seasons he's been flirting with retirement so I don't want to be going through that and Rodgers is an extremely interesting person I don't necessarily want to be going through all that with him either. Like you said, he he's had the Packers in limbo for the last few years. Now the Jets are in limbo waiting for him. And like you said, it, it's just going to be a perfect rod, a marriage, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, and by the way, the Jets play the Broncos this season. So that, that will <laughs> oh, be that's, fun, that's funny excellent. to see and yeah, we'll, just when a- that becomes official, assuming it does. Um, no, it's going to just be interesting. The Jets are just the perfect franchise for all of this. Nathaniel Hackett, he goes to the Jets, and I can't blame him for being terrified of Zach Wilson. Uh, but he's got to be like, I need, I need Aaron. I can't, I can't run an offense without Aaron. I'm sorry, I, I, I shouldn't do that to Nathaniel, poor guy. But he needs, a, he needs his guy Rogers, right? He needs to get his, he's got to get his career back on track. And Rogers isn't going to retire. He's got like a hundred million in guarantees left on his deal, right, John? He's not going to walk away from that. He's going to play a couple more years. But yeah, no, every offseason it's going to be like, all right, I got to go, I got to go on my uh, darkness retreat. I got to go me- meditate for a week, you know. Like, then the Jets are going to have to be sitting there. And oh, by the way, I I don't want to throw to these really good young receivers, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore. I, I want I want Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. It's like it's so good. <laughs> Oh, I'm really enjoying it on this side again. As a Patriots fans, have fun, Jets. Have fun with this guy. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, make sure you get, you know, old Mercedes Lewis as your tight end to get him in there. <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right. We had to squeeze that in. Uh, give me something quick on what you think's coming next. We hit on wide receiver, John. That's obviously one that we think might be coming next. We're going to have to keep our eye on that. But what else? What else do you well, think is in the in the works here? 
It could be unless they do something like trade a wide receiver and free up a little cap space or unless they restructure some contracts, what they definitely could do. It might be that they're done. Actually, it may not be. It's more than it might be. I think they are done with their splash moves. I think it'll be budget deals for the rest of the way because I I don't know the exact numbers because we don't have all the contracts yet, but I think they got to be right up against the salary cap. So I can't imagine they can make huge splashes. But right after I say that, they did cut Ronald Darby and the Eagles apparently are or did cut Darius Slay. And like you might think, oh, well, they can't afford Darius Slay. He's such a star cornerback. He's going to command a lot. The Eagles owe him a lot and are going to pay him a lot this year. And sometimes when a guy is cut and his old team is paying him a lot, sometimes he will take less on his new team because combined with what the other team is paying him he's still getting paid a lot that season so if the Broncos can go to Darius Slay and give him a one-year relatively budget deal and you know maybe restructure a guy or two to get more cap space I would love that to have Slay across from Pat Sertan I think that would be fantastic and at safety I definitely think Caden Stearns is capable of starting this year but I don't know how the Broncos feel about it and I think Kareem Jackson I assume, I don't know, but I assume he'll be available until after the draft. They could bring Cream Jackson back as another one-year deal. They've done that a couple times now. Not necessarily to start, but just to have him available and for the leadership. And like Caden Stearns can start. Cream Jackson can be available. They could do something like that. They could add, you know, like a budget safety, either Jackson himself or someone else. I, I'd like them to bring back P.J. Locke just as a depth safety. They didn't pick up his tender uh, they could sign him for less than his tender now because now he's a free agent. And C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he used to play for the Saints under Sean Payton. And then after Sean Payton left the Saints, they traded Gardner-Johnson to the Eagles. And I think he played uh, slot corner for the Saints. And then he played safety for the Eagles. Either that or reversed. But he, he, the point is he can play safety and he can play cornerback. And I love that versatility. And Sean Payton has spoken very well of him in the past. He's another guy. He, I think he'd be too expensive. But like the last three guys the Broncos have signed, I assume they were out of cap space at that point. So like you said, there are things they can do to <laughs> manipulate it. Yep. If they could get someone like a Darius Slay or get someone like a C.J. Gardner-Johnson, I would be so excited about that. And neither of them, like, it's not like they have to have a corner and they don't have to have a safety, but if you could add another quality guy, I think it would be really good for their depth. And then on the defensive line, I had written down in our podcast notes that I would like to bring back to Sean Williams if they could afford him. But just now, as we were recording, he agreed to terms with the Panthers. So Sean Williams is gone. That's kind of a bummer to me because I thought he was a very, very, quality rotational guy like he he was good enough to start and now I think the Broncos could really use another like at least rotational level defensive lineman and you can draft that but if they can again like if they can get like a a budget defensive lineman Shelby Harris the Seahawks released him if if the Broncos could bring back Shelby Harris that would be fantastic I kind of doubt Harris would come back because of the way the Broncos traded him, like he he talked on his own podcast about how he was in the cafeteria and he saw the Adam Schefter tweet about it before <laughs> he, anybody even told him. So I think he wasn't really happy about that. I don't know if that would prevent him from coming back. 
uh, Calais Campbell, uh, he was released. He's a Denver guy. A couple years ago, the Broncos tried to sign him. So I think corner is something to watch. I think safety is something to watch. Defensive line uh, depth is something to watch. And then I think the rest of it, like I mentioned before, center, I think they could patch that up in the draft unless like if the center market is really low and they can get someone for cheap, I wouldn't be opposed to it. And like running back depth, I wouldn't be shocked if they re-sign Latavius Murray. I still want them to draft someone. And if they do like uh, trade away Cortland Sutton or do trade away Jerry Judy, they're going to need to draft a receiver or do something at receiver. And at inside linebacker, they brought back Alex Singleton, which I'm happy about. He's a, he's a starting caliber linebacker. And they brought back Jonas Griffith, who was going into next season as the projected starter. So I think at, like, at the top of the inside linebacker depth chart, they're good. But I still would like them to, to have some depth there. But that's something I think they can definitely draft. And then punter, I think they could upgrade uh, Courtless Waitman. But they, they brought him back on a tender. So I'd it doesn't seem like they're prioritizing upgrading punter, but again, that's something they can draft. So I assume going forward, it's going to be budget deals, but you never know. Like you said, they can manipulate the cap. So I, there might be a couple things still in store. And I think the biggest thing yet to come is we're going to see what they do at receiver. That's it. Yep. That's it. We'll be watching that and, and more. And um, you just covered a lot of, a lot of stuff there, John, and that little, that little segment, but I'd say the name that I love the most that's most intriguing is CJ Gardner Johnson. <laughs> I think that would be just a great signing. Because uh, not only is he versatile and he's kind of a ball hawk, he had like what five interceptions or something this year. He had, yeah, I know Saints fans were just going crazy because he had more interceptions with the Eagles than their entire defense or something for much of the season. Uh, and he's kind of, he plays with an edge. Like usually there'll be some stuff going on after the whistle and, and CJ Gardner Johnson's in the middle of it. Usually <laughs> he just, he, I, I like that player. I think Sean Payton loves him too. I think that's a name to watch for sure. So, um, yeah, there'll be plenty more moves to come obviously in the coming days and we'll be keeping track of it. Uh, Broncos wire is always keeping track of it. Make sure you're, you're stopping by there. And John, I will say this. I, I hope I wasn't too negative on the show. I, I did not mean to do that. You know, I just like, you know, I come at it from the, I like to come at it with critical analysis if I can. So that's just kind of my style, but I hope I don't come across too negative because I'm proud of the Broncos. I think they're doing it the right way. I think they attacked free agency the right way. I have no problem with the money they spent. Again, I'm not going to sign off here and then start crunching the salary cap numbers. I don't care. <laughs> I do not care. I there it'll be fine. Everything's fine. Um they'll figure that out. It'll be it'll be just fine. So uh I'm proud of them for going for it and uh, identifying guys they want and needs and attacking it and all that, John. So I I hope I didn't come across too negative because I'm happy with the De- the Denver Broncos at this point. No, no, you didn't come across a native. I was just okay, giving good. you a hard time. Just did him. I just, I just had parade, not I, the Broncos. I can't help but rip uh, Stidham. So that's just yeah. my, that's just my thing. But that's me as a Patriots fan. He did look much better with the Raiders. So let's hope he looks good uh, with the Broncos as well. Uh, all right, John, with that, your breather is over. You got to go right back to work right, for Broncos wire because <laughs> the, Sean Williams right now. Yep, the work does not stop. Uh, So for John, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us as always. We'll catch you next time. 
This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.